Hey there, and welcome to Bust Creative Blocks, a podcast geared toward helping you create with confidence. We're your hosts, Margaret and Victoria. I create beautiful witchy crafts, Margaret writes stories and sometimes music, and we both have an appreciation for a well-baked loaf of bread. Creating in our noisy world is full of opportunities to let fear or failure stop us. We're here to cheer you on and help you keep going toward creative confidence. Our episodes drop weekly and run about a half an hour. So go ahead, listen while you create. Hi, Victoria. Hey, Margaret. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Great. Very good. Um, you know, had a, had a, had a non-productive day, but that's okay. Yeah, they happen sometimes, don't right. they? Right. I like the more productive ones. And I really like when I could create things and when I can like then at the end of the day be like really happy about what I created. Same, same. Those days always make me really excited to go to sleep and wake up and try to do it again. Absolutely. I'm the same way. So yeah, I I really like that. There's there's just that great feeling like you've accomplished something and you know that you're like really just happy with what you've accomplished. Um but today was one of those days where I didn't really accomplish much of anything. I did yep. a lot of things, but um, yeah, nothing was really accomplished. I totally get it. I had one yeah. of those days too, 100%. Yeah, and yeah. They're tough, but they happen. They sure do happen. Because like you'll start doing something and then something comes up and it's like urgent. So you got to go do that. Yeah. Like trying to like get into the zone. But there's always something that pulls you right back out of it. Yep. And I find that the the last, um, I guess the last couple of days, I'm, I'm constantly putting out other people's fires, which just really messes me up. That's really understandable because you're like probably in a constant state of like some kind of stress. Yep. Yep. So I'm, you know, I'm not enjoying it as much as I enjoy my other days. But I did get to do a little bit of gardening today, which of course to me is a very creative outlet and only for about like 15 minutes, but it was still something. So I'm going to just glom onto that and be like, I spent some time gardening. I like that idea. (laughs) I like that idea a lot. I think for me, it will be recording this podcast. Okay. (laughs) Good. And that'll be a good thing too. When we wake up tomorrow, I'll be like, we recorded the podcast. So we did it. (laughs) That will be a good thing. Um, I did want to give you an update on my, um, on my dollhouse. Please do. I saw that um, we have some uh, pictures up on our social media. We do. Instagram that people should go check out, but I want to hear your update. We do. Um, You know, I have been working kind of diligently on it. Um, I, I've taken just a little bit of time off because I had other things that I had to do. So um, right. I couldn't sit as much with the dollhouse, but I'm really finding it to be a lot of fun, except I, I think I wrote this in the in the Instagram post. Working with miniatures, I, I don't know, maybe you need to like work with like tweezers all the time or something. I feel like I've never felt like my hands were like big and fat and like chunky but I feel like my hands are too big I think tweezers might be the thing I've seen people doing miniature work on social media and they always have tweezers yeah yeah I I think that that's that's a thing um I try I will tell you this little story I tried uh I was trying to place this plant 
And I was like, oh, I need to separate the leaves. And I guess I had a little bit of glue on my tweezer. So it got stuck and then oh, no. <laughs> like ripped it off. And yeah, it was, it was very funny. And I just kept laughing because like, what else can you do? So um, I found a different place to put this little plant so that it can be like um, the bad part could be next to the wall. So you can't oh, see nice. it as well. Good plan. <laughs> That's like some Christmas tree lessons right there. Right. Right. So it was, a, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really a test in patience as well. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. It's a lot of very fine, detailed work. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, like, is there anything you've ever done or you've tried to do and you're just like, I really want to do this because it's important that I do it or maybe I just want to learn it. But like, it's not really your forte. And then you feel bad, like just abandoning it. Yeah. So um, the last time I did miniature work was when I was in school, we had to make a diorama um, from A Man for All Seasons. Okay. Do you remember that story? I do. Okay. So uh, I was placed in a group and we made a three by three foot room where uh, Thomas Moore is being questioned by the court. Okay. And we made all the people, we made the room. We, I remember that we, um, like we had like a half roof on it. This is a three by three foot thing. So the roof is like half that, that we covered in gravel to make it look like stone work. And okay. it, it was such a detailed project. Um, but, and, and there were times that I liked doing it, but there were other times when I was like, why am I doing this right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> why did we have to go this big? Um, and the funny thing was when we, when we took it to school, we had to turn it sideways to get it in the room. It didn't fit through the doorway. Oh no. Which is a little concerning. Cause I think for like um, compliance doorways in schools have to be three feet to accommodate wheelchairs, but <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but uh, this school was old, so I guess it didn't have that. And um, <laughs> the teacher was like, if you can't get in the room, I can't grade it. And we were like, oh, my gosh. What? Yeah. So we tilted it, and all the people, like, kind of rolled around. So we had to, like, sort of do some rebuilding when we got it into the room. But everything turned out okay. We ended up getting an A. Um, but it was a lot of work, all that miniature work. And it's... I'm not sure that it's work that I'm predisposed to. Like mm -hmm. I've noticed this when I bake, like I like to decorate cakes and stuff, but my decorations are not precise. Okay. <laughs> right. Like you, 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 you've had cake that I've made. I just like one time just crushed up a bunch of Oreos and stuck them on top of the cake. Like it's not, it's yummy and it, it looks, it looks appealing, but it's not beautiful. It's like, here's, that was here's the most food. delicious cake. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was so good. No, I know what you're saying. Um, first of all, I would just like to say that I think that that teacher was mean. And <laughs> because was, I think I would have started precise. to cry. Uh, he was a very precise man. Um, and actually, he was kind of mean. But at the same time, this was an English class. I don't know why we had to make a diorama for English class. But um, <laughs> I can't remember that part. But. I went into, he was my eighth grade English teacher, and I went into high school and college feeling much more confident about my writing than I might have done without him. So really, okay. He was like really hard on us. Like if you use the, the word I, not eyeball, but like the, the meaning yourself in a paper, mm -hmm. you had an automatic fail and you couldn't rewrite. So he was very strict. Mm. Um, 
but when I got to college, I could like bang out a paper in nothing flat. And I think I owed a lot of that to him. So, okay. I hated okay. his class while I was in it, but I found a lot of appreciation for it later on. <laughs> well, okay. Then we'll, we'll let him slide now. <laughs> but, um, and I was going to say the only other thing that like I've ever worked on that I was like, I really wanted it to work, but I just couldn't is knitting. Okay. I want to knit so bad. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen. I'm so bad at it. (laughs) I just, I'm so bad at it. That's all I'm going to say. But I I really want to be able to do it. Yeah, I feel that way about embroidery. Okay. Like, you know how, you know how they always say like the mark of good embroidery is that the back looks neat? Yeah. Mine looks like a tornado went through. (laughs) (laughs) And like, if you hold the thing up to the light, you can see all that coming through, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. You can tell um, from, from the front side of it. I do enjoy the process of it. um, But definitely the outcome is not what I usually picture in my mind's eye. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Good to know. So if we ever go to a Jane Austen um, role play, what do they call those places? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like in Austin land, if we ever go, I'll make sure that you don't have to. Uh, Thank you. I would be like Jennifer Coolidge who like so I know, that's what I've been thinking of and I can't stop laughing now. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just rewatched that movie over the weekend. Really? You can never see that movie enough times. She no, is you can't. That's a gem. You can't. Doesn't she like sew her gloves to her yes. embroidery work? Yes. <laughs> she does. That would so be me. She's like stuck to it and it's like... <laughs> There are certain things that I do that are creative that it's like, I have to just decide I'm doing it for the fun of it and not for how it looks. Because I don't think that I have the patience for certain tasks that even if I practice them forever, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the patience to practice them forever, for one thing. I I like embroidery, but I'm not going to do it, you know, 20 hours a week for decades. Right, right, <laughs> right. No, but now I have now I'm thinking I have to watch that movie. You might have to. And I'm so sorry, everybody. My computer keeps dinging. Um, or my 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 phone. Well, my computer's dinging. I'm trying to push it away, and um, it's one of my kids. So I apologize, and I'm just texting them now. Like, stop texting me. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not coming through. Um, occasionally there's like a clicking sound. Okay, the clicking is me telling them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm making it worse. Okay. Kids, give your mom a half hour or so. <laughs> Not that you'll hear this live. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that kind of leads us to one of the things that I wanted to talk about, which is this idea that like you can reach greatness in something if you put 10,000 hours toward it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is a good. Uh, this is a good topic. Yeah, because first of all, what is greatness? Mm-hmm. Um, who decides what greatness is? You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like um, when I was studying our history. One of the things we talked about was this idea of genius. You know, uh, and the idea, the prevailing idea of genius in Renaissance art, particularly in Italy, would be that like you're good enough that you have students. Okay, so you have people who want to learn to paint or whatever you're doing like you do. Okay. 
And that was what genius meant back then. So, okay. Um, where does that fall with greatness? You know, if you look up greatness, obviously the idea of being great, but eminent comes up and kind of like, are you eminent after 10,000 hours and everything? It depends on the person. Okay. Right. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And are those 10,000 hours spent in self-study? Are they spent learning from somebody else who has become eminent? Are they, you know, like, there's so many factors that go into that, but a lot of, and I'm not saying that Malcolm Gladwell intended this to be something that people would, you know, take out of context, mm-hmm. but it's something that people, at least in the writing world, talk about a lot. Like you just need to put in your 10,000 hours. Right. So I did a little calculation and I write on average about 20 hours a week and have done for the last 15 years. And unless, wow. my, unless my math is wrong, which is entirely possible. But unless my math <laughs> is wrong. Damn it, Jim, I'm a writer, not a mathematician. Exactly. Um, <laughs> unless my math is wrong, I've put in over 15,000 hours. Yeah, that's a lot. It is. And it's it's been fun. Um, so 15,000 is more than 10,000. It is. So... What do you classify yourself as? A writer. <laughs> <laughs> no adjective. Just, 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 just a, a writer. Just okay. a writer. Because the thing is, and tell me how you feel about this. I mean, I actually know because we talked offline about it. But tell our readers how you feel. About, our listeners, rather. See, my mind already goes to writing. <laughs> tell our listeners how you feel about this. The idea that, like... All right, so you get to 10,000 hours. Does that mean you're done learning? Right. Like, what, right. Is, what is greatness? What is the goalpost here? Well, there's also a thing like there are people that like they do something for, I don't know, 4,000 hours and they're great. Right. You we know, all know like, Mozart was not putting in 10,000 hours before he wrote his first piece of music. Absolutely. Because he wasn't old no, enough. Absolutely right. And And like you said, I mean, you have to figure out what you're going to define greatness as because everybody is going to define it as something different. Now, I guess if you're going to like go to the, you know, encyclopedia or the dictionary, dictionary, yeah, dictionary, like look it up, you know, there's going to be like a meaning that everybody basically associates with greatness. But those are just words on a page and everybody's going to interpret it differently. Right. So now we're back to square one again. So like, it feels like we just keep going back to that square one. Like what is greatness? Um, yeah. And also like, I, I feel like for myself, like in the things that I do and I, I was not, I don't have like any sort of, you know, schedule where I know I've, I've done things for so many hours and anything like that. But like, what I will say is I never think that I'm great at anything. I always want to improve. There's always a class I want to take. There's always, you know, some, oh my God, I saw this online and now I have to look it up. Or, you know, there's always an app or there's just always something where I want to try to make myself better. Right. You're a lifelong learner. Right. And I, I feel like so many people are yeah. in the creative world. Right, because I think creativity comes with an innate curiosity. Otherwise, you wouldn't be creative in the first place. Mm -hmm. Right? Agreed. So, 
you know, and I haven't read Malcolm Gladwell's whole book. I'm I'm picking apart, you know, we're picking apart this line from it. And I want to just put that, that statement out there that it may not be fair to do. So there might be things that are included in the book that mitigate some of this. But if you're a creative person and you're creating and doing things you love, not only what is that goalpost and how do you know you've reached it, but do you even want to reach it? Yeah. Um, Where's the fun after? Yeah. But, and also like, if you're a creative person and you, you make things like, let's say you, let's say you write a book and you publish the book. Right. And somebody buys the book and they like the book. You right there to me, you've achieved greatness. For that person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But like, but like, for that person, but it shouldn't also be for you too. It, again, it depends. I think on what your goals are. You know, I I know writers who their only goal is to finish a book, to say that they've written a book in their life. And I know writers who are like, I need to get on the New York Times bestseller list, or I'll never be happy. So, and by the way, that's a whole other topic in itself. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a can of worms. It. It's like a whole case of cans of, of worm cans. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's nothing wrong with that goal, except that the, the chances of, of dis- being disappointed are pretty darn high. But, you know, whatever. Um, everyone's got to do their thing. But, you know, it, it's, it's kind of this idea of like, okay, so you get there and you're done. Then what's next? And also like, you know, everyone's idea of greatness is going to be different. So like, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy it when I published a book. That was a lot of fun. And I plan to publish more. I've been working, you know, that's my goal is to keep publishing them. But would I say that that's the, that that book, which definitely got published after I crossed the 10,000 hour mark. Is that book greatness? Like, I'm not displeased with it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know if I would call it greatness. Like, where would I go from there? Yeah. Well, I I mean, that that whole thing that you just said, that's a whole thing right there. Because, like, <laughs> to me, I loved your book. Oh, thank you. And I think you're great. And I think thank you're you. a great writer. Thank you. But And I'd like to think, like, when I say something, if I say something's great, then it's great. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, there are people who, and this, this is fine. This is how it should be. You know, the, the book got some three star reviews. It got a one star review. This is how it should be because everybody's got different tastes and everything. Um, but it's like obviously those people don't think that that book epitomizes greatness. <laughs> They're like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> well, you know, first of all, we can't help if there's something wrong with other people. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Can I just say I love you so much? (laughs) (laughs) But I really think, I mean, of course now, writing writing a book is, of course, not the same as some other things that people do. Because I know that it's, not only is it time-consuming, like everybody's work, you know, everybody's work is time-consuming. I'm not trying to take away from anybody else, but there's also, like, that process of, like, you know, writing it and then editing it and then writing, you know, writing some more and then fixing that and then getting it critiqued by somebody. Yep. 
which is awful. <laughs> there's a lot of iteration. Right. There's a lot of iteration in writing. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Yes. Um, but, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, I think that greatness can be achieved whenever you feel that you're great. Exactly. You don't need some calculation of hours. No. You I always felt it would be super great if like I could create and then I could live off the things that I created because other people like them and bought them and that that would be great. I mean, how great of a life would that be? That's the dream right there, isn't it? Right. Right. And I guess for me that's when I will feel like I've achieved greatness. But I mean, there's things that I've created that people really like and they're like, this is great. And, you know, things like that. Um, not so pleased when somebody says, yeah, I don't really like this. Okay, I'm sorry, you're wrong. No. <laughs> well, can I just interject then and say that what you create is great? Well, thank uh, you. You're welcome. I appreciate and... that. And it's always nice to hear what you're doing is great, right? Like everybody loves that, but like, you're right. Everybody else is an individual and they may not like the same things that I like. Exactly. So does that not great? I mean, yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm a little salty today. That's okay. We'll have some fun with it. Um, <laughs> I think our listeners know enough about us now that we would not suggest that anybody is less great than anybody else. Right. right. <laughs> Except as a joke. Yes, dear listeners, I really like everybody. I'm just salty today. <laughs> hey, it makes for an intriguing episode. Um, there you go. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I think that like, it's hard to have a expert tell you when you're great. Yeah. Because it feels like greatness is more of a feeling and more, it, it, although it is, I mean, it is tangible because like we said, if if you write a book and it's great and then you become like a, you know, a crazy rich author and you could live off your book, then that's pretty great. That is great. Of course, there are people who are in that boat who I don't think their books are great. Um, right. And right. Because of, of my taste. But something that you were landing on just now really speaks to whether we're motivated extrinsically or intrinsically. Yeah. And I think that that's what rubs me the wrong way about this is this idea of like 10,000 hours to greatness is an extrinsic motivation. Yeah. It's yeah. like, get here and we'll give you a treat, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that if you're training a dog, but <laughs> so I've had some very food motivated dogs in the past. <laughs> I have some now, so I get what you're saying. Right. Um, but it's just like, if you're motivated extrinsically, you may never feel like you've achieved greatness because that person or, you know, that authority or whatever you're waiting for to tell you you're great, they may say it, but you may not believe it because you haven't been driven by some internal motivation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I and think, I, yeah, I Go think ahead. that, you know, it's very important to be driven by what's happening inside of you than by the outside forces. Definitely. Especially when you're creating anything, you know, and it's like, all right, let's take drawing. For example, you might be drawing from life, but your drawing from life is going to look different from someone else's because you're bringing with it your own style, 
your own vision. You know, you're going to notice things differently than other people will. So it's like, it's not, to me, the idea of this like 10,000 hours equals greatness is very cookie cutter. Yeah. And yeah, I think that there's a danger in banking on that too much. Yeah. And it can lead to like misplaced cockiness. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be great if somebody was like, here, you know, um, do this and do it for 10,000 hours and then you're going to be great. And then you're going to, you know, <laughs> your, your life is all set. You're just great. You're just great. Like, so you get to stand with the great people and, you know, we give you, I don't know, money and gifts and that would be wonderful. Sure. But unfortunately, that's just not the way that the world works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I say, unfortunately, because that is unfortunate, but, um, you know, there's a certain emptiness to that too. I We're great when we tell you that, I mean, you're great when we tell you that you're great. Yes. And this, this gets back to my idea of the New York times bestseller list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which is that like, you can produce your best work, but you can't control how others will view it. You know, and the idea of waiting for some external marker of greatness, it leaves the door open for a lot of imposter syndrome. Oh, definitely. Well, yeah. Because it's like if you're waiting to be told that you're great, the flip side of that is you could also be waiting to be told you're not great. (laughs) Right. Right. I think also when you put in so many hours... I don't know if they're all like your best hours either, you know, like, right. Does he mean 10,000 hours of you being totally great or just 10,000? You know what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, there's so many things we could break down there that we can find that it's, you know, okay. That's, that's probably like an estimate. And, and, you know, yes, if you do something long enough, you are probably going to be pretty great if you really have a passion for it. Correct. You know, but like for me, like for knitting, I could put in 10,000 hours, but I still think I'm not going to be good. I understand. I think I would be the same with embroidery. Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, I just think that like I will be doing a lot of swearing during that time. <laughs> and yeah, th- that's a lot of swearing. <laughs> and um, 10,000 hours of it, I'd say so. But I think I, I even think just somebody saying it like, like 10,000 hours, it really has to come from within. Yes. All of your greatness really has to come from within because you can be doing things. I mean, we've all done that. We have all worked on things that we've done like a half-assed job and we know that we're doing it. (laughs) And that's okay because we don't always have the energy to be on level 10. Exactly. Um, And it would be really boring world if it was, because I like to think sometimes that when I look back on that half-ass work, I'm like, oh, Jesus, what was I doing? And it comes out even better because then I'm like more determined. Or you learn from it. Like, right. there was, so there's a, a writing, um, I won't say competition, writing challenge every year in November called National Novel Writing Month. And it's a lot of fun. The whole idea is that you're going to write 50,000 words, which is about 250 pages in 30 days. And Holy crap. Oh yeah, it's intense. So one, I, I did it for years and years and years. I loved it. And one of the years I did it, I decided I'm going to go in and just let whatever fall out of my hands, you know, like, mm-hmm. or out of my brain. 
Well, I got stuck a lot. And one time in order to get unstuck, I don't even remember what else was going on in the story. I no longer have this document. I think I was like, this is such rubbish. (laughs) But at one point I got out of the plot bind that I was in by having some time traveling sheep. Oh, and that's all I remember. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a story I'd like to read. (laughs) You had to like, Oh, wait, no, I remember something else about it. You couldn't time travel with the sheep if they had just been shorn. They had to have a lot of wool for you to hold on to. Well, of course. (laughs) So, you know, it created some urgency. Like, you got to time travel before they shear the sheep. Right. It was ridiculous. (laughs) But (laughs) one of two of the things that I learned from that was, number one, I need to plan a little bit before I start writing a novel so that doesn't happen. Um, Because I'm I'm what people would call a natural pantser. So I like to fly by the seat of my pants, but with a Mm -hmm. little bit of planning, a little tiny bit, a lot of that trouble can be avoided. And the other thing I learned was that sometimes it's fun to just write badly, to know that you're, you know, that you're creating badly. It's such a freeing thing because you're Mm -hmm. like, well, anything is possible now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Sometimes, I mean, and, and we do, we know when we're not doing something the best to our ability. Yes. And sometimes you can be okay with that because sometimes you're like, okay, this is working for me. So it's okay. Like I said, sometimes you're going back and you're like, okay, I got to go back because this, this is not, this is terrible. Yeah. Um, and of course though, the best part about it is the learning, the learning portion of it. Um, you know, that, that whole like, oh yeah, I shouldn't have been thinking about that or I shouldn't have been creating after arguing with my spouse or whatever your, whatever your thing was. Um, I shouldn't have pressed that hard on the pedal and made the clay shoot into the air and get stuck right. in the ceiling. Right. Right. True um, story. Yeah. <laughs> True story. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you, so, you know, you know, when it's, it's not quite right, but I think that, see, I think that your great greatness comes from within. I don't like, and no offense to anybody, I don't like when I have to hear somebody else, what they think of my work, and then I'm like, okay, now I feel like it's going to be okay. Right. And yeah. I'm sure that that comes from my upbringing, because I am sure, like everybody else, I was looking for that you're great and, you know... Cause that's all, that's all lovely stuff to hear. Nobody wants to hear it. They suck. Right. Right. Um, that's painful. Sometimes. But right. But I think because, you know, I came from a background where there wasn't a lot of that positive reinforcement that I found now that I'm like, I'm just, if I think something's great, I'm going to do it. And yeah. you know what? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. At least you tried. Right. Right. I probably had some fun while doing it. Or exactly. you cussed up a storm. One or the other. Exactly. <laughs> one or the other one or the, or this, this is the only two paths um <laughs> no other thing is possible uh yeah so i i would just say to anybody listening to this if you're feeling frustrated or pressured to do those ten thousand hours just take the pressure off absolutely like yeah maybe after ten thousand hours you will be great or maybe you won't um, by someone else's standards. Who cares? Absolutely. So, you know, just create and have fun and let your your idea of success come from within instead of without. 
I believe, I believe that that is the exact way to do it. Go by, go by how you feel about your, your work, your projects. You know, it, like I said, it's, it's always great to hear. That's great. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Um, and it, it's very hard to hear like, Oh God, what, like, what were you thinking kind of thing? Yeah. But, um, it's all, it's all really a great learning experience for you. And there's always, there's really always going to be somebody out there who really likes what you're doing. Yes. 100%. And there will always be people who don't really like what you're doing. Exactly. And that's part of sharing your work is it's just, you know, and those people who don't like it, they'll probably ignore you forever after that. So you, you know, every person you find that doesn't like it, it's one less person you'll have to encounter next time. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. most people, I've never met someone who's like, boy, this writer really does not, I don't connect with their work. So I'm going to read 10 more novels by them. Right. Right. <laughs> And invest that time in my life. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, and there's always, you're always going to be able to find the people that do appreciate your work. Sometimes yeah. it's just a little harder to find them. Yeah. Yeah. It can take a little while longer. We might have to try different ways, but I, I would say with that and, you know, especially with writing, because a lot of writers are like very introverted, myself included. And do not enjoy talking publicly about their work. Um, so A, that's so common. You're not alone if you're a creative and you're in that space. But the other piece is that even if you are that person, like yours truly, um, you can still find some people who connect with your work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot, so many times the idea of whether or not you feel like a project has met its full potential comes down to your expectations of success. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's where the adjustment needs to be made, not the number of hours you're putting in. Yes, I agree. Awesome. So I agree. Go adjust your expectations of success listeners and then get back to creating. Yeah, just create. And you know, you will find your audience. Yes. And if you really can't find your audience, Take any criticism that you get, turn it into something positive though, and then listen to it and be like, you know what? I could change this or I could, I could try this. Let me just try it. Yeah. But the truth is if you're creating things and the feedback that you're getting doesn't resonate with you, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with what you're creating or there's something wrong with you. Not at all. It just means you have to find your group. Maybe, maybe your, your, your item is so, or your project is so like, you know, would the word be like niche? Like it's so, you know, you have to just find those people. Yep. Yep. 100%. And I know that that can seem daunting sometimes, but just take it day by day. Absolutely. And you never know when inspiration will strike. I mean, there have been times when I've certainly felt like for my books, I'm not going to find a lot of my people. Um, I've certainly found some, which is a lot of fun, but mm -hmm. to find more would be nice as well. And then one day I was, you know, someone else suggested, uh, it was Heather actually from Tantaro suggested that I, I do some book fairs and the ones that I wanted to go to were not welcoming to indie pub authors. So I was like, where else could I go? And then it struck me, a Renaissance fair. That's what inspired my book. Yeah. So I'll try that, you know, and see if 
I find more of my people there. Maybe yeah. I will, maybe I won't. Um, but it'll be a fun day regardless. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so Absolutely. So- it's so funny that you mentioned the Renaissance Fair, though, because I once met this guy and he did these handmade like booties um, and they were gorgeous. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, he would measure people's feet and like really like stitch the whole thing up. Just really beautiful. And it was a really gorgeous thing, but he didn't know. Like he was like, I can't find my people. And then he um, got an idea to go to the Renaissance Fair and try to get an application of the one in Tuxedo, the big one. And sure enough, like, you know, within a couple of years, he was a smashing success. Awesome. Yeah. So you never know. You never know where you'll find the right audience for your work. Right. If it hasn't worked once, don't give up. Don't presume, oh, I haven't put in my 10,000 hours or no one else has said I'm great. Just go find more people who are likely to think you're great. Right. Never give up. That's the most important thing. Totally. Unless, you know, it's not giving you joy. And then, <laughs> oh, absolutely. If, if all of a sudden it's just you're, you're feeling like it's too hard and, you know, you're, you're just you're feeling very sad when you're doing it. Well, then, yes, then it's time to move on. Right. If it doesn't feed your soul, it's time to move on. I agree wholeheartedly. So. But always give it a chance to feed your soul first. Yes. Yes. And, you know, listen, listen to your own self as well. Absolutely. So listeners, and I said listeners, not readers. <laughs> <laughs> don't feel pressured to complete a certain quota of hours. You just do what you're doing. Yeah, going. you be you be you, man, and just do your thing. And you know what? Because I think that that's when you get the best quality of work out of yourself. Agreed. Agreed. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure that if you haven't subscribed, you do subscribe because subscribe. Yeah. You want to keep listening to this. I don't exactly know how you subscribe. So there's (laughs) probably a button, but (laughs) it depends on what platform you're on. Sometimes it's a heart. Sometimes it's a plus sign. Do whatever you got to do. (laughs) Yeah. Find a way to subscribe. (laughs) And just go out there and be creative. Yes, definitely. And we will talk to you again next week. See you next week or hear you next week or you'll hear us next week. (laughs) Just be creative. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Share our podcast with your favorite creators and leave a review. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and share your creativity with us by tagging us at Bus Creative Blocks.